Hey everybody, it's Optimus. Welcome to the Retro Futurist Culture Podcast. Today we're continuing our interview with Tom Bateman who worked on Robotech and we're going to get right into some stuff with Robotech sequels. Stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, I I probably put in a few like, well, you know, it's nice and everything like that, but it's and I but I was very clear that is not Robotech, and he and uh, to his credit, he said, yeah, we were kind of sensing that too, and I would you know there, a lot of people like you know there's kind of this urban legend that goes around that oh they showed it at an anime convention and then the then the the fan reaction was. Uh, was so bad that they canceled doing Robotech 3000. I was like, well, that that wasn't quite how it happened because what when I was brought on board, we were just like, okay, we're going to, he had mentioned, we're going to do something at San Diego Comic-Con, which was coming up in a few months. And I said, oh, you should show that video. And he said, why would we show the video since we're not doing it? I said, because you're telling them this is what we're not going to do. And and I said, I guarantee you the fans will react positively if you tell them you are not going to do this project. You are not going to do this CG route. You're going to return to anime. And that's what happened. I, and I remember after we showed it and the audience kind of politely clapped. And then Alan said, well, this is an example of what we're not going to do. And all of a sudden, the audience went, yeah. And I was like, there you go. You know, because I knew it's like, I knew the audience needed to know that Harmony Gold was not going to do this CG stuff. And what we were going to do after what we were going to do was hopefully we were going to do an anime that what anime fans want to see. You know, anime fans don't want to see a CG show. And that's what Robotech 3000 was. And you know, only, uh, you know, one script was written for it. There was a whole Bible written for it. Uh, but, you know, when I read the Bible and I read the script, it's like that. It wasn't Robotech. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned protoculture in it, but it really wasn't, uh, it wasn't what I think fans would have responded to. I don't think they would have been really that interested in it. Yeah, I've never met a single person that saw that preview and thought it was a good idea. So, right, exactly. Obviously, the the right choice was made there. Um, soon after we got the um the definitive release of the eighty five Robotech broadcast edition on DVD from ADV films. And this was kind of like the relaunch, the Robotech brand, all of a mm -hmm. sudden, bam, it was back on the market. We had a new Robotech.com website. The DVDs were out. All of a sudden there was talks of toy deals and toy licenses. And it seemed like Robotech was going to be back and you were working at Harmony Gold at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What went on at that time was Carl Masick involved with the DVD re-release. I know he went to work for ADV, but I don't know if he mm -hmm. was directly involved. What's what's your story on this, oh, yeah. Tom? This is what we're looking to get. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, well, well, 
first thing is that that was, I think what happened with Carl working on Robotech with ADV is that at the same time, like, you know, Streamline had shut down um, and Carl was being courted by ADV and he actually moved out there. And this actually happened right around the same time that ADV struck the licensing agreement with Harmony Gold to release Robotech. Now, at the time, ADV was the, you know, they were the, the big dog on, on the market. And they uh, struck the deal and uh, released the show. And I think Carl, that was essentially his first job at when he got hired on to ADV, which was you know, obviously a natural, you know, fit. And Carl, would, you know, was going around looking for every little thing that was connected to Robotech that they could put on there. And, yeah, the extras on those yeah. DVDs are amazing. I mean, yeah, there's, got there's the, yeah. the code name Robotech Pilot is on there. Mm-hmm. You've got like old interviews with Carl, convention clips, mm-hmm. um, just all kinds of. You got the original intros and pilots that they made. The Macross pilots on there. The Moss yeah. Beta English dub pilot is on there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many cool things um, that was on yeah. that dvd box set and the and the mm-hmm. the packaging and everything was just really well done i mean you could tell there was mm-hmm. a lot of love put into that and it was made for fans and i was super excited when that finally came out on dvd because for years the vhs had been out of print mm-hmm. they were expensive you know they were hard to find or all you could find were the crappy like family home entertainment versions of macross mm-hmm. where they edited like six episodes down into an hour and a half and cut out all the extra violence or whatever mm-hmm. so it was right. nice to finally get those on dvd yeah and that that ended up being adv's top seller ever that was their best selling title ever at period you know end of conversation it blew the doors off of their sales and uh to every Robotech fan out there, like you have to have the legacy box sets. Um, if you know, if you want to have an essential part of your collection, getting Robotech on DVD was essential. And there where you had it with the legacy collections. Um, what unfortunately, you know, Robotech kind of, you know, kind of almost became a, a victim of its own success there. Because immediately ADV is like, well, what else can we release? You know, do you have anything else? And it's like, uh, no, that's it. We just have the 85 episodes. That's it. There's, there is no more Robotech. And, you know, and I'm thinking, great. This is the opportunity. It's like, you know what? We should make a new Robotech. Are you in? You know, let's go, let's make a new Robotech. Wait, before I, I do want yeah. to talk about that, but before you get <laughs> to that, yeah. let's talk about, so the original series is done. Yes. It's a hit on the air. They're like, we mm-hmm. got to strike while the iron's hot. I don't, I don't remember how this all goes, but there's something, Matchbox is involved. Harmony Gold's involved. Carl Masick's involved. The fans want to know what happened to the Matt Cross 
saga characters of Robotech and they create a sequel project, Robotech 2, The Sentinels. It's supposed to yeah. be a 65 episode sequel series. Um, it gets, they make a deal with Tatsunoko Production Company, the animation company that helped bring the original three series to life. Um, they agree to a certain price. There's some sort of thing that happens between the dollar and the yen because of some international trade agreement. All of a sudden, Harmony Gold doesn't have enough money to do this project. And it's left to die. And we got three and a half episodes that Carl Masick edited into like a pilot OVA movie. Mm -hmm. um, that was the original sequel we were supposed to get. And then Carl had talked about he had a third idea uh, called The Odyssey. So the Sentinels never gets finished. It got turned into comics. It got turned into novels. That's going to be a subject for another episode in this podcast at some time. When you, before we get to where I know where you're going, when you went back to Harmony Gold, um, or when you were there, was there ever any talk of possibly finishing or redoing Sentinels? Or was that just one of those things that it was one and done and they just said, you know what, we're just going to shelve this as this is never going to work? There was no one there uh, at the time that I was there that wanted to do the Sentinel or thought that that was a viable direction to go in. Yeah. I certainly did because I'm, you know, I'm a fan. I want to see that. But no that, one else felt time, that way. Every time I watch that pilot movie that Carl made, I'm always like, God, it's so, so cool. I would have, as a kid, I would have lost my damn mind if that had come out the next year on TV. Mm -hmm. um, you know? You're right. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, <laughs> you're there, you're working at Harmony Gold. The DVDs are selling like hotcakes. They're starting to pick mm -hmm. up some licenses. I remember being really excited. Like mm -hmm. the whole internet was a buzz. Like people that were of our generational ages, I'm a little younger than you, but of our age group, we were like, yes, Robotech's back. We love this. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. We're buying tons of stuff. And um, you're proposing that Harmony Gold, you're like, hey, let's do a sequel. And I know this is a project that maybe you and your brother worked on the original story idea. Oh no, no. Well, no, my brother was not. Uh, my brother he wasn't involved didn't work. in the story. No, he he's 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 just my brother. Uh, and, ah. uh, he's well, he's a fan. No, he's a fan, but he was never employed by Harmony Gold. Uh, and uh, he uh, he was a newspaper uh, uh, editor at the time. Uh, so, but no, no, it was just me who was at Harmony Gold. Uh, and you know, working uh, with Robotech, and uh, with the you know, and then uh, at the point, uh, or, I mean, <clears throat> Alan Letts had brought on uh, Tommy Yoon, and then uh, had also brought on Tommy's brother Steve Yoon. Um, yes, they are related. Um, to kind of be essentially the Robotech department, so it was essentially just us three who were there. And uh, so the idea had always been to do a Robotech uh, follow-up, to do another Robotech uh, show, movie, or whatever. There was always the idea of doing something like that. And so um, <clears throat> that, that was always the mindset. But obviously, it's like, well, first we got to, relaunch the original show in a sense of 
get this show on DVD because that was the thing that was coming out. DVD was starting to take hold. You know, people were starting to buy the DVD uh, players and build up their video collections. And Robotech was perfectly positioned and released at just the right time of, you know, the crazy DVD market. And its sales numbers, again, were phenomenal for ADV. They were extremely happy with that. And, you know, they got to the point where they were like, okay, well, what else do you have? And we're like, what do you mean? What else? That's it. That's that's Robotech. You got all you you've got everything. You've got a you've got the 85 episode series and then whatever extras we could scrounge up. Like, well, what well, what about you know, there has to be something more. And then I was like, well, you know, we could uh, you know, it's like, and then um, you know. Alan Lutz was like, well, you know, you could sell it remastered. And there, because we had done uh, uh, the Macross. The, the Macross. Project with uh, Animago. Animago, yeah. Which is, yeah. which is a phenomenal work that was done by uh, Shin Kurokawa at yep, who uh, Animago. At, at Anime Expo. And uh, I interviewed Robert Woodhead yes. uh, a couple months back on my show. So we, we touched on that briefly. Right. So you guys, uh, Harmony Gold, did the Macross remaster, and that was the first thing everybody thought. Well, you remastered hmm. Macross, now you can now you can remaster Southern Cross and Moss Beta and do a yes. Robotech remaster because the ADV uh, DVD release in 2000 was the broadcast Beta Max quality yep. videotapes just put on a DVD. They they weren't cleaned up. Right. They weren't, uh, uh, and they still they look good for what they are. They're mm-hmm. They're a little rough around the edges, but so then you guys did the, um, so they did do the remaster project. Um, whose idea well, I mean, was we, it? we did, we did it, we did it, we, uh, we, well, Animago did Macross, and which everyone right. agrees looks phenomenal. Um, and so that's where you're at. It's like, okay, we have remastered, we, we essentially have Macross looking as good as it can in standard def. It was not remastered in high definition. Just so right. everyone knows, it was not remastered in high definition. So, uh, so that's where we're at. And, and I think you were about to hit on something. Oh, and then, so then, you know, ADV uh, does uh, a remaster of Southern Cross and Mus Beta. And then you mm-hmm. guys, was it ADV that did the production work on the Robotech Remix Edition, which is a remastered version? And this, this is what I was talking about earlier, where they they remastered it, and we lost a cool '85 broadcast intro. And then each saga got its own intro, which was basically the original Japanese intros, but with English yeah. language text and the Robotech logos on them yeah. and whatnot. Well, um, well, 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 that was Tommy Yoon's idea. Tommy, uh, the whole. Idea. The whole, the whole. Oh, let's do individual opening titles for each show, and I thought that's no, that's that's not Robotech. Robotech had you know all three shows in, in an opening title. Yeah. But he thought, oh, that would be a, a way to present the shows, and I, I, I disagreed. They made that decision, and they went with what he wanted, you know, including labeling each episode title with. Episode numbers in Roman numerals in in Roman numerals. (laughs) I don't like that either. Which is like, 
I'm gonna. I'm just really? gonna set the record yeah. here. I do not really care for those remastered versions at all. No, they're terrible. I like. I mean, I like the video quality. No, you don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Macross, Macross looks good. Macross looks really good. But, but Mospita and Southern Cross, that looks like they ran it through some blue filter, and that was it. Yeah, there's a little too much blue push, but it is a lot. Like, Mospita is a lot cleaner. I have the, the ADV English or the ADV Japanese with English subtitles versions of Mospita and Southern Cross, which are based on those same remasters. Um, yeah, there's a it's, little too much well, blue push, but the video quality is a lot cleaner than the Robotech broadcast. Well, videos. I mean, I, I think that's not hard to do because, you know, they took yeah. it from the... They took it from the 16 millimeter uh, masters that right. has now. Yeah. Those will look good, but you know, if you look at the remaster, the quote remastered footage of Southern cross and Mospita that was used in Robotech remastered and you compare it to the Animago Macross footage. Yeah. It, it doesn't even come close to compare. Yeah, Animago definitely, I think, put a little bit more work, and they are sticklers for bitrate. I just got their Megazone 2-3 uh-huh. Blu-ray, and you've gorgeous. never seen Megazone 2-3 look that good. Yeah, oh, it's that amazing. is absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, uh, but they, you know, Animago truly cared about the product that they did. And, you know, we mentioned Shin Kurokawa before. Uh, he does not get enough credit for the hard work and the hours, probably the unbilled hours of time <laughs> yeah. that he put into that and i know this uh by by talking with him and working with him is that he's that, also a macross super fan that guy like super fan he loves macross well it was it was a it was an absolute uh labor of love and yeah i got uh, to meet him and noburo ishiguro at at anime expo 2005 2006 yeah something like that I, I remember, I remember, it was that at the Disneyland Hotel? Or, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think so. <laughs> I'm trying to remember I, it was I, in Anaheim. I, I remember. Uh, I think I talked to you there, too. I think that's yeah. one of the few times we hung out. I remember one time I was with Shin, and we were at the Disneyland Hotel, and I'm just talking with Shin, all of a sudden, like, uh, Noboru Ishiguro walks by, and I when I said, hey, that's Noboru Ishiguro. And Shin, I said, you know, and I kind of, you should go talk to him. And Shin go like goes over and talks to him, and you know, has a very, very, you know, reverential uh, uh, conversation. And I believe that he ended up setting up a sit down interview with uh, Noburo Ishiguro, which is on the Macross box set. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was able, he was able to get that, Um, but. You know, Shin did some amazing quality work, and I think it was well worth the price tag. Now, granted, I'm not I'm not the one writing the check, not coming out of my bank, but I felt that the quality that he had done was worth it. That I had hoped that we would just continue with him, or that ADV would have seen the value of carrying on the same quality of work and doing. Uh, Southern Cross and Mospita and bringing those up to the same quality. And thus you would have uh, at least footage that was of equal quality that would have gone into a Robotech remastered. 
off. Yeah. But it just looked like they just kind of slapped it together. Yeah. So uh, as uh, as video quality goes, it's not. I agree. It's not great. And I think there's a lot of compression. I think they they uh, were trying to cram a lot of episodes on those discs. But the bigger fault to me, the the biggest fault with the whole Robotech Remix DVDs or Robotech Remaster, whatever you want to call it, what the f did they do to the sound, Tom? Oh, oh, oh! Well, I can, I can, I can speak to this because uh, <laughs> I was there. I was there to to witness it. Um, well, we were at Intersound, and Ahmed Agram was there, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, we got this thing, and uh, we have, we can do new new sound effects." And I'm kind of whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute, what? They're gonna do new sound effects, and 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 they were like, yeah, yeah, isn't that a great idea? And and I was like, I don't really think that's a good idea. I think uh, Robotech has a very distinct sound to it, uh, you know, sound effects and everything. Now I understand the whole idea of doing a new sound mix because Robotech was in mono, right? You know, it was not in stereo. So the idea of doing a at least a stereo mix, if not a five point one. I, I thought, okay, that's a great idea, but when you start changing the sound effects, like you're changing like music, you're changing how it, you know, people remember it. It's one thing to enhance someone's audio experience, and it's another thing to completely change it. And and this one, like you know, and tell me, tell me, you and agreed with, me, you know, and and we we tried to influence it. I think they. Uh, they had us in the studio for like one episode and we were kind of making comments and then they kicked. No, we'll just do it. We'll, we'll just do it. Thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, we'll let you know when it's done. And yeah. Wait. So, so you nor Tommy wanted to do the read, redone sound. So somebody from Harmony Gold decided we're doing it anyway. Kind of pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I get the idea because they wanted to bring it probably to to five one. I mean, all DVDs at the time were touting, "Oh, we've got five one digital surround sound." Mm-hmm. That was like the thing. But the remastered sound effects just sound really bad, and they're obviously dumped on top of the older sounds. Like you can still hear the older sounds buried in yeah. the mix there at times. It's just it's a very messy production overall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. It's like you know when I see like a. a a Veritech fly by and it sounds like a 747. I'm like, no, 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 this is, you know, to me, that, it's not, I, to that, me, it's, un, yeah, it's unlistenable. I can't even listen. Yeah. That doesn't bother me nearly as much as the GU 11 gun pod going from firing like shell based ammo to laser mm-hmm. blaster style sounds. I was like, Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Oh no. And I, <laughs> I was like, and, what and just I, happened I, here? And I think that's kind of a big deal when you're when you're a fan because you know how that gun sounds. Yeah, you know you know how the the Veritex sounds when it walks or when it's uh, flying by. Uh, You know the sound that the battle pods make when they shoot their their uh, weapons. And I think that when you change that in a wholesale way. it's like you may not notice it off the bat, but you know that something's wrong. Something doesn't sound right. And, uh, but even that's like wasn't the biggest sin. Is that to me, 
they release Robotech on DVD and it does gangbusters. And then almost like a year later, you release Robotech Remastered. And needless to say, the sales weren't anywhere near, not even, oh my gosh, like, yeah, even, as a fan at the time, yeah. it, it felt kind of like a dick move. Like it's like, yeah. cause it was, it was, you're right. It was right around a year and it was like, wait, yeah. now we've mm-hmm. got Robotech remastered all of a sudden. Why didn't, why didn't you just do this in the first place? Like it felt like that. It well, felt, well, whereas Macross, they went right to a remaster for the DVD release. Well, I think, I think that, uh, I think releasing the show as is with what you had was a prudent move. At the time they released it, which oh, was about I'm happy about it now. Yeah, two, which right. was like late 2002, 2003. But I thought, you know, and I tried to argue, well, well, you know what? Let's do the remastered, but let's take our time with it. Let's put some real effort and money into remastering it. One, let's bring Southern Cross and Mospita up to the level of what Animego did for Macross, or at least try to come close to that. And then it's like, you know, well, well, let's do a whole new audio mix and let's roll this out and make it the 20th anniversary box set or 20th anniversary remastered set uh, in 2005, which would have you give at least two years for for fans to kind of uh, desire a new set. And when it's like we can hype it up, we can show, hey, we're going to go with something which is a lot better quality we're going to do a real good 5.1 mix uh with the original sound effects and 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 enhance those um and take our time with it but no no they said no we got to get it out right now we have to do it now we can't wait there cannot be any delay we must do it now and i said i said no one's going to buy these they they they've they've just bought the the, the box sets, the legacy box sets. You can't expect them to buy something new unless you're going to give them added value. Right. And they said, oh, oh well, we'll, we'll call it extended edition. We'll put in the, the footage, the like the footage that was cut. And I'm the like, un- oh. right. they- but, but I said, I said, oh, oh, you mean we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hire, we're going to get the actors and we'll, there would, there's like about, uh, 70 to 90 minutes of, of footage that was cut out from, from Robotech, if you add it all together. And it's all right. on the legacy box sets. Um, if you add all that together, uh, it's like, okay, one, you got you to gotta redo the audio for those scenes. You have to script those scenes. You have to record those scenes. So, great, we're going to do that, right? Oh, no, no, no. We're not going to spend any money on that. And well, how can you do that? How can you add stuff in and expect, it's like that. That to me felt like a cheat. That felt to me like uh, a bait and switch. Like you're promising extended edition, you're not actually delivering. And then the first few t- they did a few. Oh well, you know, let's put the uh, let's put the footage of uh, Roy Foker and uh, Rick Hunter flying in biplanes. I'm going to put it right where that sequence is in Macross, which. If you compare the scene in Macross, where that's where Hikaru is suddenly in a in a in a tailspin, and then all of a sudden he kind of blacks out and has this vision of Roy in 
the by and him and flying in biplanes, but the music is very it fits that because once he falls out of the dream, he's just spinning and not having any music. Whereas Robotech plays a very, very, very frenetic piece of music at that point, which heightens the jeopardy. And all of a sudden you cut out of that and you're putting in this dream sequence and then you're cutting back to this action sequence. And it's like, I think it, it doesn't work at all. It was a total mistake to do it. And, and, and I thought it was uh, cheating the fans by promising them an extended edition, not actually delivering. Yeah. Not actually doing the hard, not actually doing the hard work that would be. So the, the remaster is, we can both agree, not, not the greatest project, but um, you had mentioned earlier, and this is uh, what happens next is, is they actually start you and the team at Harmony Gold actually started working on a true sequel Mm -hmm. for Robotech. Well, that had always kind of been, yeah, go ahead. Tell me about the genesis of this project, because I know you had, you had kind of developed a story and it had a different title and you had some different thoughts and ideas, and then it turned into what we ended up getting. Tell me about this whole process. Well, the, the idea of doing a, a sequel had always been like, that was goal number one. In the relaunch, and when that was the whole impetus of of Alan Letts, essentially, uh, you know, relaunching Robotech at Harmony Gold was the idea was to do a new Robotech. Now, whether that was going to be a movie, whether it was going to be a directed video release, or whether it was going to be a TV series, it was all there, uh, and it wasn't like, oh, they. Uh, at one time, they were going to do a TV series, and then they decided to do a video, and then they decided to do a movie, and then they went back to doing a video. And it's, it was all kind of there. There was always the idea of doing a new Robotech period. And the ideas had been developed at many different times. Now, you know, Tommy came in with, obviously, his ideas of what he thought a new Robotech should be. Um, and as a fan, I, you know, and, you know, as someone very, very concerned with Robotech, I had my own ideas about, about what to do. Um, so, you know, there were, you know, the, there was always the idea that we're going to do a, a new Robotech. And this was concurrent with whatever was going on with ADV releasing Robotech. Um, you know, that was kind of, you know, separate. There was always the idea that we were going to do a new Robotech. And at that time, like, Tommy was working, because Tommy was the creative director, Had you know, that was his title. And, you know, he worked with various different writers, uh, some people that he had brought on board, uh, some people that were hired to help him in the process. Uh, and so that had been going on for a number of years, uh, all concurrently to, you know, this release of the Robotech on DVD for ADV, the release, the Robotech remastered. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of how that was going. It was always a concurrent, like, train. It was running at the same time. Uh, but it was always kind of on its own track, and it wasn't necessarily related because 
just because like, let's say we, we struck a deal for a DVD release with ADD, that didn't necessarily mean that ADD was going to like be the partner in producing a new uh, Robotech anime. Um, if, 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 that, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Okay. So, so, so there was always the idea that they are going to be, uh, that there's going to be a new robot. Was there something else that you wanted to? So, um, so that, um, so you, you guys were working on this and when did actual like production start, you know, what was the genesis of the idea of the story? Um, well, I like, think the, you know, the, 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 the number one thing was, that, okay, we're going to do it and it's going to happen. It's going to follow up episode 85. Now, where it went from episode 85, you know, was like episode 85 and it involves Scott Bernard. Um, right. And there were a, a number of different treatments. Now, would, uh, would a yeah. lot of this be at the time, and we'll get into this later, but at the time you guys are working on this, there is kind of a big rights snafu hubbubble going on because Harmony Gold had gotten the rights through Tatsunoko who had partnered with Big West and all these other studios. And it's no fault of Harmony Gold, but Big West in Japan's like, wait a minute, this is our stuff. And Harmony Gold's like, yeah, but we licensed it from Tatsunoko who owns the international rights because you gave it to them. Like there was this big legal mess. So in yeah. order not to mm -hmm. step on any toes, would that be why Harmony Gold decided let's, let's sequel out to Mos Beta because we own that outright and we don't have to worry about any characters or anything like they don't have to worry on stepping on illegal toes. Whereas if you guys had maybe done a sequel that was Macross character oriented, there might've been some legal repercussions that came at the time. Well, I, I think that, you know, that that was probably a predominant factor in, in the sense that like doing like the Sentinels wasn't like, a consideration because there was always this thing hanging over with, uh, uh, with Mac. Right. The, now, the, the now, big legal mess that's now finally yeah. cleared. We'll talk to about that in a minute, but at the right. time when you were working there, it was a big legal mess. It was the big it, talk it, it, of the internet. It absolutely was. And it was, and you know, a lot of that was due to, you know, more of a merchandising issue and, uh, Whereas it wasn't so much a production issue because I think the sentiment generally was to always do a sequel to Robotech that would follow up episode 85 rather than episode 36. Uh, so now had, had that issue not existed, would we might have done something to follow up episode 36? It's possible. But from when, when I started there, the, the prevailing uh, opinion or the the direction was that we would do something that would be post 85 because there you're obviously going to avoid any potential uh uh snafu anything that could prevent a production you're going to avoid by doing something that would be set post 80 episode 85 right so that was and this so that was always it wasn't, you know, that was always, we were always going to do a, a Robotech sequel that would happen after episode 80. So uh, after the Robotech remix DVD remaster, Harmony Gold decides to finally give us a sequel, Tom. Tell us, tell us what was going on in your involvement there at Harmony Gold 
and what the sequel was supposed to do? Well, the, the idea of doing the sequel or doing uh, another Robotech, uh, that had been there from the beginning, from when I was first hired uh, at Harmony Gold. That was always that, you know, coming off of Robotech 3000, and, and we had already discussed that, is that there was still the idea, you know, on the part of Alan and Harmony Gold that we're going to do another Robotech. Um, other things that happened as far as, you know, the relaunch of the toys, the relaunch of the DVDs through ADV, that was on its own track. But there was always the other track of there's going to be a new Robotech or we should be working towards that. And um, at the same time, uh, Alan had brought on Tommy Yoon. And I remember when I first meeting and Alan saying, oh, you know, I have, uh, uh, hey, do you know Tommy Yoon? And I said, well, no, I don't. He says, well, you know, he's coming on board too. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, had uh, been making the comics, uh, Speed Racer, uh, and uh, the I think it was the Danger Girl, and you know, so and he showed me like kind of some of the stuff that he did, and I thought, oh, there's some interesting artwork that he's done, and, and it's like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting, and you know, he had this like this Garfish ship like opening its maw like a Zentradi ship, and I thought, oh, that's cool, you know. Uh, and then, oh, here's this design. It's sort of like the SDF one, and or or it kind of has the same pose. And then there's this Gamma Fighter design. I thought, oh, wow, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, but then I saw, like, you know, it was like a treatment of some story ideas, but it wasn't anything like really fleshed out. And I thought, okay, well, when Tommy comes on board, that you know that will be worked on, you know, because you know we're at the very early start of of uh, putting together a, a, another Robotech. So, and I'm you know, like, Hey, you know, I'm here to help. And, uh, I want to see a new Robotech uh, made just like any other fan. Uh, so, uh, when Tommy did finally come on board, uh, full time, you know, that was kind of one of his things, you know, he was named the creative director and pretty much everything that was creative, uh, would go through him. And, uh, that, uh, was uh, pretty much it. Uh, you know, you know, it didn't uh, necessarily go through me, but you know, hey, that's that was his prerogative. He was the creative director, uh, and so he was the one who is primarily like <clears throat> working on something, and he wasn't all that uh, interested in other ideas. So, and I found that out pretty pretty quickly. Uh, and it's like, well, you know, okay, whatever, you know, um, you know, it wasn't like, oh, hey, hey, Tom, what do you think of this? And here's the, here's this. It was like, but hey, I'm uh, one, I'm an employee of Harmony Gold. So I want the best thing to happen for the company. And I'm also a fan of Robotech. I want a good Robotech out there for the fans. And, uh, you know, now whether Tommy or not would show me stuff or not, it's like, it didn't matter because because Alan would eventually show it to me. And, you know, he'd say, hey, what do you think? Because, I mean, Alan wasn't, you know, a fan. Alan wasn't someone who understood Robotech, didn't understand right. anything about it. So, so it's like, yeah, he would, you know, within a day or two, he'd give it to me and say, what do you think? And I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to cause any problems here. But, you know, you know, Tommy's not really the kind of guy who's sharing this stuff around, who, who really is sharing stuff around. It's like, well, well, just tell me what you think. Nice. I, I write and I give my honest opinion, you know, what I thought was good and what I thought wasn't so good. So know? 
yeah. Shadow Chronicles wasn't like a collaboration between you guys. Like, are you, are you saying like Tommy kind of ran the show? Well, he was the creative. He was the creative director, you know, and you know he's there to provide the creative direction, and you know, obviously, he's going to be the the one nominally in charge of that. Um, and uh, so it was not a. I mean, sure, it was hey guys, you know, Alan would say, hey guys, why don't you talk about this amongst yourselves? But would that actually happen? Nah, not really. And and also, it was always me. Tommy and Tommy's brother Steve. So it was always two two against one. You know, it wasn't much of a democracy there. You know, it wasn't like I could say, hey, I don't like that idea. You know, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, okay. That's you know, that's there, you know, that's what he wants to do. And um, but Tommy would work with a, a bunch of different people um on on it. So a bunch of uh, uh, outside people, people he either knew from comics industry uh other people that were referred to him um and it you know each time he'd come back with a treatment and work on it and i'd be asked what i thought of it and you know and and i'm not you know and i you know i swear on this i did not i do not go out and i like trying to uh badmouth anyone you know i just want a good robotech and just like I said with Robotech 3000, if it's not Robotech, I'm going to say so. And I told Alan right. that from the beginning, I was going to be honest about it because I felt that Harmony Gold needed to have that honesty because if they had had that honesty, they wouldn't have done Robotech 3000 um, and or any made of any number of decisions. So I said, well, I'm going to be honest about it, you know, and um you know, there was this one particular writer who had, who was, you know, Tommy went to Canada for a week with this guy. And they came back with was I thought was horrible. I thought it was atrocious. And, you know, and I <laughs> I said, Alan, we should give ask for our money back. Wow. Because this was this was awful. Uh and and all due respect to the writer. Um Tommy was the guy who was working for him, who was working with him. So it's like, I'm kind of, well, what did you do? Oh, uh, he spent a week with the guy. And then whatever amount of months, you know, hashing it out. And then this is what it, it is. And, and again, it was a treatment. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a script. The shooting script. It wasn't a um, shooting script. No, not at all. No. So, yeah. So uh, Shadow Chronicles, I mean... It came out, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit and then I want to get back into the creative process with that with you. But but one of the things that I was really frustrated with is this comes out and we are, we're retelling the last like two, two and a half episodes of Robotech. Mm -hmm. And there's really only like 15 or 20 minutes of actual new story happening. And right. there's all almost like retconning going on that to me at the time, I was like, well, that's not cool, man. Why, why, why did they start there? Whose idea was it to, to make a new movie that literally was a retelling of the last two episodes with some new footage and not really much new going, like there really wasn't much plot going forward. It was almost like, okay, we're going to retell this and then we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. And that's where we were. Um, well, you know, I mean, 
that is, you know, uh, that was always kind of the thing with the story was that, well, one, it was going to always be episode 85. Uh, me personally, I'm like, let's get on with the search. That's where we're on, you know, and. Uh, right. I, I'd always yeah. imagined mm -hmm. that that starting right where Scott's Alpha takes off and flies out of the Earth's atmosphere and is going to space. Mm -hmm. If Shadow Chronicles had started with the shot from space with that Alpha coming into the atmosphere and like going to the fleet or whatever and setting that up and then maybe all of a sudden there was a battle or something dramatic that would have been awesome but we literally start with i was like oh why are we why are, why are we back here at episode 85 again right i mean yeah i mean you would think you know any any fan would think that well that's that's your logical starting point um but i always thought you know we need to you know that's where we should start um but you know tommy was of a different mind and that, well, we need to kind of like reestablish the story and, you know, and it was beyond a, an idea of doing like, you know, a simple recap, you know, like, you know, on the last Robotech, this happened or something. It was like now it, it started really kind of getting into rehashing what had happened in episode, episode 84 and episode 85. And I thought that was problematic, but at that point I wasn't. I wasn't involved in, you know, really, you know, writing the script uh, that at that point, Ford Riley had been brought in and this was based on the treatment that, you know, Tommy had worked on and I had some input in on it, but I didn't, you know, I, I have a story credit on there, but again, it wasn't me. It was, you know, Tommy, Steve and me. And, um, but the script was right, written by Ford Riley and he does it and he does about, you know, the standard three uh, drafts of, of a screenplay based on the story that Tommy, Steven, and I had had come up with. And, you know, at the time we handed off to Ford, who has an accomplished writer who has done a lot of good work. Uh, he's done, you know, and even since uh, Shadow Chronicles, he's done some great work, but it wasn't his story. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, it was ours and that, you know, there's responsibility on our part for that. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, you know, on the record, I'm saying I would have started the story with Scott flying on his, uh, alpha looking for Admiral Hunter out in deep space. Um, but you know, uh, the story yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the perfect segue at the end of episode 85. You have your segue right mm -hmm. there. Scott yeah. says, I'm going to go and find Admiral Hunter, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. And then we start the shadow chronicles. I'm like, wait, why did we, who pushed the rewind button? And not only that, who pushed the rewind button and retconned a bunch of stuff and yeah, I, a I, bunch I, of like mm -hmm. new anime tropes, like chicks with extra big bouncy boobs and there was just a whole bunch of things mm -hmm. about that production that I just didn't care for. I, I, I tried to like it. I couldn't, I've tried to rewatch it and I can't, I tried to rewatch it again recently and I got about eight minutes in and I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I, yeah. I just can't do it. It's bad. Um, well, but you do better than I do. I mean, I, I, I just can't watch it. I can't even, I can't even hate watch it. It's, you know, someone's yeah, like, well, I mean, you should do it. You should do it. You should do a drunk yeah. commentary. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to. No. no, Yeah, no, same. I'm I'm with you, Tom. I can't even. It's so bad. I just don't even want to see it. 
Like, well, I was like, I'm going to try. If, and I was like, wow, this is horrible. I'm going to turn it off. If, if, I, if I was a rich man, I would, I would uh, refund people their money because I really, <laughs> I really don't like it. I just, I just think it, it just missed the mark. And it's very flat too. There's well, not. Um, yeah, the, the expectations were, were so high. And, and when you're involved in it, as I was knowing it's going to disappoint, I, I felt bad not just for myself, for everybody at Harmony Gold who, you know, puts the honest work into it. I feel bad for Frank because, you know, Frank, uh, you know. He, he foot the bill. He for foot the, the bill. Right? And that's now, not a, he, that is not an easy thing to do. Not an right. easy thing to convince a man to do. And he, but right. he did. He stepped up and I was always feeling like, you know, we should have delivered a better uh, film for him. So you guys, uh, Harmony Gold, self-finances and makes yes. it and then um so the production's done and you guys shop it around because i remember it kind of like when it was done it was all the talk on the robotech.com website they're like it's done um we're in negotiations with the distributor mm-hmm. or something and it kind of that took like over a year which was to me kind of ridiculous like it, it was almost the writing was already on the wall that it took that long to get somebody to dis uh, to distribute it because well, it shouldn't take that long. Well, when I when I you know, started Harmony Gold, I was thinking that oh, we'd we'd have the movie out by like like I started in like 2000, 2001. I thought we'll have a movie out by 2003, 2004, you know. <laughs> and that didn't happen and you know, uh, I, uh, you know, again, I wasn't the creative director. And during that time, Tommy was the guy trying to figure out the story with several different writers. And um, eventually, you know, it's like, we're, you know, we're passing 2003, 2004. Now, 2005, the 20th anniversary of RoboTech. Here, here's the perfect time to, you know, capitalize on the, on the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's, let's have the new Robotech, but you know, come 2005, we're not anywhere near like releasing a, a, a movie uh, or not. I mean, it wasn't even, we didn't have a script. And if you don't have a script, you're not going to make anything. And so at some point it was kind of, are we doing this or not? Now I think at first they were thinking, okay, well, we'd part, we'd partner up with somebody as a co-production, but that never happened. And I wasn't involved in any discussions, So I don't know if there was something that was being pursued on that end, but at some point it was like, well, why don't we just, you know, self-finance it and then we sell it to a distributor, you know, which was the normal business, the, what Harmony Gold did whenever it got involved in, in original productions. Um, they had done that before. So they know. So it's like, okay, it's Frank, uh, is uh, footing the bill, and thus we're making the movie, and then we'll it will sell it. But like I said, this kind of took on a couple of years longer than I think it should have, and so finally it was like, I, are we doing this or not? And Frank finally said, yes, okay, we're going to do it, and you know, well now we need to come up with the script, and you know, the story came out as as best as you know you put you know Tommy's. Steve and I together and, you know, and it would come out, but it, I would say the majority of that story was what Tommy wanted to do 
especially the whole, you know, we're retelling the end of Robotech instead of going on to the, uh, you know, something new. And, and I mean, there are a lot of reasons why, and Tommy presented a very, very strong case for that. And that's what Alan and Harm and Frank decided, okay, we'll do that. And cause I, um, like I said, with like Ford Riley came, he does his, he does his three scripts or his three rewrites, which is again, standard in the industry, but the script needed more work. And Frank said, calls me up and says, you know, Tom, get up here, you know? And I'm like, okay, you know, yes, you know, that's Frank. He's the boss. I go up there and he says, you know, get your pen and paper out and then like, let's, you know, let's hash this out. And, and this is point Frank's creative juices are really, really going. And, 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 you know, he's very into it. He's very into this. So, you know, I'm editing, you know, the script as best I can. And, uh, you know, I'm making, you know, as much suggestions as I can, but you know, like me, I would like to do a page one rewrite, but obviously that was never going to happen. So in the end, you're just trying to make the best out of, you know, of the, of a bad situation. You know, you're, you're trying to make lemons out of, le you're trying to make lemonade out of lemons. So, you know, and that's kind of how I, I was feeling about that. Um, so, but eventually a script is, is done. And then that, from that point, you know, you start storyboarding it. And so you, you have a script, then you can start planning it out. And then you start shopping and getting animation studios. And, you know, to my shock, we didn't use, you know, Tatsunoko, which I thought, well, there's, uh, there's the obvious, uh, match, but right, for whatever reason, did yeah. most of the work for the original series. And they are a venerable company with a great reputation. Certainly we're capable of doing it. Uh, but for one reason or another, they weren't, uh, um, they weren't the studio that was chosen to animate uh, Shadow Chronicles. And I think that was to the detriment of Robotech. Um, and, you know, we ended up getting what we got. And, um, and I think that that, uh, and I think that just shows in the end product. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile History Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on the Cinephile History Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Yeah, um, so it finally drops in late 2006 in limited markets, and by February 2007, we get the full release and it's met with like a 50-50, I think, fan reception. I think half the fans were super excited that it was just new Robotech. And the other half of us were going, what is this? Like, what? we waited this long. And I mean, I can't say the whole thing is bad, but it's pretty bad. There's some parts I love. There's some, I love the new Cyclone. There's a couple neat things. Um I wasn't sure about what they were doing with the story. I always wanted to see the Sentinels finished. And so I was kind of bummed to see how they changed mm -hmm. some of the, some of the characters from the Sentinels uh, in a different way that they adapted them into the shadow Chronicles movie. So that comes out and it sells like, it seemed like it was selling really well, at least, you know, the sales numbers and what was reported on Robotech.com. Mm -hmm. And 
right afterwards they're talking about oh the sequel is going to be coming robotech shadow rising or shadow chronicles 2 i don't remember what title they had exactly for this project it was going to be called shadow rising shadow From my rising. understanding so, at the time when i was there it that was the title that we'd uh, been using so yeah so and then this is when they announced that i think it was like I don't remember if they announced Shadow Rising in 2007 or 2008. To this day, it's never come to pass. Mm -hmm. It's been nothing but crickets. And mm -hmm. I was, like I said, I was really surprised that with the release of Shadow Chronicles, they aren't, they weren't already in pre-production for Shadow Rising. Like I would have figured they would have had the, the script plan laid out, storyboard started, like, but it seems like they didn't do anything. They just stopped at the end of where they were, Shadow Chronicles, and then they're like playing the wait and see approach. I don't know. Um, I well, know at some point during this production, you. Well, they were... well what at this at okay Shadow Chronicles did pretty well uh, sales wise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, certainly enough that uh, Funimation was interested in doing something more. Uh, but for whatever reasons that never happened. Um, again, I, I wasn't involved in those particular conversations, so I don't know. Uh, but I know that they were happy with the sales numbers and, you know, we're interested in the possibility. They certainly, they certainly were talking. That's all I can really say about that. Um, but apparently, you know, as we have seen, there hasn't been anything with Shadow Rising uh, since I left Harmony, I left Harmony Gold in May of 2007 and nothing has happened on the, on that front ever, ever since. I mean, I was working on it up until I left and, uh, you know, I had thrown my idea of what I thought the story should go. I felt that I had kind of was writing the ship, uh, putting it back on course, uh, to a, a true real Robotech story that uh, I think that uh, fans would have really responded to. Um, and I, I regret the, that I wasn't able to see that through. Um. Yeah. So then we get crickets from Harmony Gold for years. Mm -hmm. And they released one last direct to DVD project. Um, and this is again this is another like uh it almost seems like a cash grab and a cheap cheap take at something that that i think could have been and should have been done better but they uh they did a robotech love live alive version uh based on the mospeda love live alive but it's actually completely different it's got some new animation bits it's a giant clip show and it has no soul but they hang it they hang it on the fact that this is something that Carl Masick wants to do and all the behind the scenes thing is just everybody talking about they're doing this for Carl. Um I don't know if you watched it, but it, it was pretty cringeworthy. I I I watched it once and uh I um yeah, I I didn't think that that was the right thing to do. Um I love Mospita, Love Live Alive is a very right. It's a it's a lovely tribute to Mospita. Uh yes, it's a bunch of music videos 
to the songs of yellow, but it, from it it's yeah. From a speed but it's truly a, Hey, this is our salute to you. The fans of, uh, of the show to transplant that into Robotech. And especially like they voiced over some of the scenes that, and then you have this eternally playing tape player audio. Like <laughs> they use that one little clip over and over again. And that the thing was the horrible part is, is there's a ton of animation, new animation in the most beta love live alive that they didn't even use. They didn't use any of the music video parts. They used the part where the reporters interviewing him and like a couple, like the part where the, the squad kind of unites. And then they had some new animation done by somebody uh there's a couple neat ideas in that new animation mm-hmm. i won't lie it was kind of he does like oh it looks really cool but overall, well i mean it, at least it was something it was some it was you know something new right um i i just think like the whole concept of it was kind of odd like you know like that's a real odd choice and also oh you know like the name you know love live a lot robotech love live alive like wh- you know what does that what does that even mean um I mean, yes, you have most beta love love live, but you don't necessarily go and, you know, change the name or use the same name. Because the, the one thing is like, you know, when the Japanese use English language titles, like they may, they may not have the grammatically correct command of the language, but their word choices are always very interesting. You know, like, you know, a film like, you know, you know, be forever Yamato or or say it's your, uh, uh, was a beautiful dreamer. Um, right. You know, answer. yeah. So it's, you know, interesting, but it makes some kind of cosmic sense in a way, you know, when the Japanese do it. Uh, I don't think we as Americans are, can kind of get away with using the English language that way. <laughs> you know, again, love, love, alive. You know, what does that, what does that even mean? But anyway, anyway, that's just a, that's a quibble, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that when they kind of bring up Carl all the time, it's a little unseemly. Like I, I thought I knew pretty Carl pretty well. And I, I don't know if the like love, live a lot. Robotech love, love alive was like what he really wanted to do. And the way they kind of made it sound at the way they made it sound at conventions. I thought, are you really like seriously? Like, selling it that way but carl's not here to ask about that you know yeah and though i i I have my own ideas of what i think his answer would be but uh uh you know it's just left to speculation same thing with the academy that that oh man i didn't even want to go there (laughs) but now that you went there we gotta talk about (laughs) Uh it so Kickstarter, uh, I just, I this, we'll do the cursory, the air, airplane view of this. Kickstarter is becoming well known and people are using it to kickstart projects. And there's a lot of cool projects being kickstarted from fans. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's done a ton of cool things. Like I, yeah. um, Koji Garashi, who was a developer for Konami and developed the Castlevania Symphony of Night games, he kickstarted a whole new game franchise and the fans went crazy. I bought one. It was great. But there's been a lot of bad kickstarters. So, 
I remember this Harmony Gold comes out and they're going to do Robotech Academy and they put it on Kickstarter. And this is this was kind of an interesting moment. I don't know if their budget was so high or fan expectations were so low, but they put this thing on Kickstarter. It doesn't look that great. It looks like a weird Robotech teenager saga. I don't know. I, I was not into it when I saw the... The, I looked at the Kickstarter and I was like, really, guys? Wow. Um, well, 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 and you know what? Uh, before they did the Academy, they actually kickstarted that Robotech Tactics tabletop game with Palladium. And that was Gangbusters yep. because gamers, tabletop yep. gamers love that stuff. They threw money at uh-huh. that. Now, I've been a tabletop gamer for a long time. And I played the original Robotech RPG by Palladium Books. And I know Palladium Books. and all I've known is that for the past 10, 15 years, the owner of Palladium Books is kind of like, he's not very organized. I've heard a lot of stories. I wasn't going to throw my money into that Kickstarter because I was like, I don't know, man. They they don't seem to know what they're doing with their money either. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a gamer, but I did hear about the Kickstarter. It did really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm certain that coming off that, successful kickstarter that somebody got the idea that oh that's how we should fund a new robotech Robotech. sure and i'm sure that's what they thought there that that to me was whoever gave whoever told uh frank that was a good idea that no that that person shouldn't be giving frank advice it, well, that and, was that was I was I thought I thought it was uh, embarrassing. Yeah, and I don't frankly. know if you know the the follow up to the tabletop Kickstarter is it went it, it went well and they got all their money, and like I said, Palladium's not really good at managing things. They couldn't um, get the sets done. Some, a lot of fans didn't even get their sets. Palladium filed for bankruptcy. It was a hot mess. There's, I know for whatever reason, there were supposed to be some extra add-on kits as, uh, what do they call those bonuses when the Kickstarter hit so much money that fans have never gotten to this day? Is that whole thing that yeah. up? Well, I think that that has been what, this is an incredibly unfortunate right. incident. Terrible. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know the details of it, but I know that it ended poorly. And mm-hmm. in the end, you have a lot of disgruntled and disappointed fans. And I uh, think I was going to get to, I think part of that rolled into this Robotech Academy because as the Robotech Academy Kickstarter went up is when problems were starting to happen with with the p- tabletop Robotech game Kickstarter. But I, I think um, the Robotech Academy Kickstarter failed uh, for reasons that were uh, totally uh, within the realm of, you know, presenting a uh, project that I don't think a lot of fans were really all that excited about. No, and I uh, the uh, a lot of the comments I saw on various forums, news groups was why aren't they kickstarting Shadow Chronicles two or Shadow Rising or why aren't they kickstarting Sentinels? I don't think anybody yeah. wanted Robotech Academy. They wanted Shadow Rising or Sentinels. And for some reason mm-hmm. that was not being heard at Harmony Gold. They were like covering the ears going, oh, let's just do something different. I don't know what was going on. There. Again, I, I, I wasn't there. I <laughs> yeah, don't know what the, dis- I was gone at that point. So I don't know what discussions were had, but uh, I think whoever uh, said we should do this Robotech Academy um, 
made gave 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 uh, Frank some very very bad advice. So Tom, um, you guys are working at Harmony Gold, and you start the project that becomes known as Shadow Chronicles. And how long was this project? Or I remember there was a couple delays, and uh, I'm not sure if it was a production issue on the back end, an animation production issue, or like a distributor issue it just seemed like it it got delayed a few times i know a lot of us fans were like all right all right like come Mm -hmm. on like we were all waiting to see this um Mm -hmm. i have my own opinions of it but i just wanted to get your your little bit of history with the project and like what went on at that time when you guys were working on it well like i said you know the idea of doing a post nine uh episode 85 follow-up to robotech was always the goal. Like whether that was going to be a TV series, a movie, or a directed video, it was always there was always going to be a project. Now, you also are talking like, you know, well, are we going to partner up with somebody? Like, are we going to partner with an ADV? Or are we going to partner with, uh, you know, any uh, production? Funimation. I think they ended up going with Funimation or something. In the end, in the end, it went with Funimation, but Funimation was essentially a distributor uh, because at that point it, it came to a point of, are we going to do this or not? And I think that was a lot of internal discussion, you know, that I was a part of, and it's like, you know, let's self-produce this thing and then sell, kind of what we, kind of what they did back uh, when they made the original Robotech. You know, Harmony Gold funded the production and then they went and sold it uh, on the syndication market. Um, So it was kind of the same sentiment. It's like, let's make this thing and then we'll sell it to someone like someone will, you know, like ADV or as it turned out, Funimation ended up being the distributor for it. But they were not like a production partner in it. Robotech Shadow Chronicles was 100% self-funded by Harmony Gold. Um, and to that credit, uh, must be given to Frank Agrama for putting the bill for it. I only wish it had been a better film. Yeah, you were able to get back a lot of the same uh, voice actors, though. Like so a lot of the, almost mm-hmm. all of them were able to reprise the role. And you even, you even got Mark Hamill involved. Uh, mm-hmm. In a nice uh, bait and switch, <laughs> they, mm. they 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 ad- the advertisements show him as one character, but his, his main role was a completely different character, which was kind of neat. That part was cool. Well, um, I mean it, that that was that was mm-hmm. nice that we had him, but it was like the role that he plays is not, you know, right. It's not yeah, it's not a particularly significant role, and I felt it's like, oh my god, here we we have. Mark freaking Hamill here, uh, and we don't really have a role for him other than this. And I kind of felt, geez, you know, what's kind of, you know, we could do, you know, we could have done better with that. Had you know, like here, had we known uh, that Mark Hamill was going to do this, we certainly, I think, would might have crafted a much better role for him. But you know, it's just kind of one of those things that kind of dropped in our laps that. It's like, oh my God, Mark Hamill's coming in and he's going to do a part for us. And it's like, you know, and I had known the script and I was like, well, there's not really that great of a part for him, 
you know, I kind of feel like it's like here we have this, you know, again, a sci-fi legend here and we have him do this bit part essentially. And, you know, it's kind of a missed opportunity for me, uh, you know, but, you know, hey, you meet him. It's like, hey, that's Luke Skywalker there. You think you never get over mm-hmm. that, you know? Right. So on one, on one hand, it's like, okay, that's, you know, that's really cool. But, um, you know, it was kind of like a missed opportunity. But I think with Shadow Chronicles, there were uh, a lot of missed opportunities um, for there. Um, you know, having having the actors, some of the actors back was great. I really disagreed with the recasting of a number of roles. Um, like all the the actors who had characters who were in Shadow Chronicles were all recontacted for their roles. And no one refused to do the role. They, uh, uh, but someone made the decision to recast certain roles, which I don't understand to this day why that was done. Yeah, <laughs> like like uh, so, Melanie um, McQueen was recast. I mean, they right. She was Ariel Marlene, right? Yeah, and 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 you know, now give all credit to Carrie Walgren because Carrie Walgren is an excellent actress. She is one of the best in the business right now. But my thinking was that is Marlene, who we know as Melanie McQueen. Right. Why are we recasting this role? And then there was uh, David Milburn, who, you know, has had a very nice career, but he has always very much loved Louis Nick. You know, he wanted to do it. Um, and, you know, <laughs> They made these. They made some of these actors audition for their roles again. It's like, like really, and and this had to do with the fact that the director was who has a, a, a lot of credits. You know, she played uh, RC in a, in a Transformers the movie. You know, she wasn't from the Robotech family or didn't. You know, and it was like, you know, I I felt it was uh, it was a bit rushed, and uh, but even then, it's like you know the you know voice casting. You know, why would we, why should, why would we, we recast actors and roles we already know for these characters? It's like, here's the character. We are, we still know the actor who did that role. Let's bring that actor in. Why are even, why are we even bothering casting? So, but Jason Netter thought, hey, yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, yeah, if we, let's recast. And I lost that argument, you know, because. I'm just one person. I'm just one voice. Um, yeah. So. Um. So Shadow Chronicles comes out. It's mm-hmm. met with probably a fifty-fifty response. I know some people that really liked it. They they were. I think they were just so excited to see anything new. Robotech. They were excited that something happened. Um, I think. I, I think a lot of it lot is that. More, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a lot more critical of it. Um, I was really, I'll tell you the one thing I was the most disappointed of is we get this new movie and it's literally the last two episodes of the original series with a couple extra parts in it. Like it wasn't really a lot of new. It was a lot of transitionary exposition because we were, we were covering the same ground from episode 85. I was like, why are, why are we doing this? Like, there's no reason to be doing this. And there was, a lot of just wasted time, I felt like, in that whole thing. I, I felt like a lot of it was a waste of time for Robotech fans. 
No, I, I agree. And not only are you redoing scenes from episode 84 and episode 85, but you're doing them incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> like, there, like there's a scene where Marlene is talking to the Regis and it's like in that scene in Robotech, Lancer, Lunk, and Annie. Yeah, everybody's and there. Are right there. And it's like, hello. And and we're gonna act like they're not there. So one, yeah. you you you're doing it incorrectly and you're violating continuity. So how do how does this help? And uh, you know, but Tommy insisted we had to reintroduce these scenes, and I I I felt it was unnecessary, and that was one of the big uh I, I, I completely yeah. agree. Like, I don't understand why it didn't start from the very last scene of episode 85 or not the very last, but like maybe the second to last scene where Scott gets in his alpha beta combo and flies up to space. Shadow Chronicles should have started right there. It should have just started with him and then alpha, like coming into a uh, space station Liberty or whatever space setup base they had. And then mm-hmm. boom, start right there. Yeah, like, that's the that's exactly that what I would have done. Yeah, way more sense. Like I was like when I first saw it, I was like, "Wow, I just wasted forty four minutes watching this yeah. again." And there was a couple new parts that were interesting. I loved. I really liked the new cyclone design. There were a couple of things I I liked. I'm not gonna lie. There were a couple of things I liked that I thought were kind of neat. Um, you know, a couple of the new characters were okay. I could see why they were going. You know, at the time because of the whole licensing thing, I knew they wanted to create some new blood, get some interest. Um, you were there when it released. Why, what happened with that project that we've never seen the second movie? They talked about the second movie because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, right? Shadow Chronicles ends and we were supposed to get mm-hmm. Shadow Resurrection or Shadow, I don't remember what the second movie was supposed to be called. Uh, to this day, it's it's unreleased. Well. There was always, you know, watching Shadow Chronicles. I mean, going through that whole process was it was it was pretty uh, it was uh, gut wrenching in a lot of ways because I felt that we had a responsibility to the fan base to deliver a, a Robotech, and not not just a, a responsibility to the fan base. I felt that we, you know. Personally, I felt, you know, we owed it to Frank to return the money on his investment. You know, you know, to, to one extent, Robotech is going to be a success no matter what. Uh, it had a built-in fan base. It had a built-in consumer base that, you know, would have bought anything. Now, Shadow Chronicles itself was a success for Funimation. It certainly was enough to get their interest in doing a partnership to do a follow-up. Now, uh, that never worked out uh, for whatever reason. Now, this kind of happened around the same time that I ended up uh, uh, leaving Harmony Gold, you know, and uh, and, and at that point, uh, I, I, you know, I was fired. So that was... You know, right around that time is I know that Funimation had wanted and it, it certainly expressed desire to do to participate in co-producing a follow-up, but it just never happened. You know, 
And in the 14 years since I've been gone, nothing has happened on that end. So, you know, your guess is as good as mine on that. Uh, well, I they, do know they, that, yeah. They did release one more kind of lackluster cobbled together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say (laughs) Carl Masick's grave, but they released that Robotech Love Live Alive, which was a travesty compared to the Moss Beta Love Live Alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, That is, (sighs) yeah, I saw saw that and I was, uh, I was, uh, I was embarrassed for for Robotech. It's pretty bad. I thought that, I thought... And also that they were saying, well, this is what, like, kind of what Carl wanted to do. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I wow. I, was... I, I don't know. I, I, I like to think I knew Carl pretty good, and Carl never expressed an idea that he wanted to do that. And I, I remember Tommy Yoon was mentioning that at a convention, and I was like, you're really, you're really gonna roll out Carl again, Carl who you know, God rest his soul, died in 2010. And it's almost like, well, we let's just roll this out and we're going to roll down. We're going to say we're do, we did it because of Carl. We did it because Carl wanted to do it. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm, I'm skeptical that of all the things that Carl wanted to do, that Love, Love, Live was what he wanted to do. And also the fact that they called it Love, Love, Live. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, Mospita, well, love, live, alive. You know, you know, Japanese have very interesting wordplay in their titles. So yeah, that, which is cool because that's part of their their whole when they choose their English language titles, their command of the English language maybe not be grammatically correct, but it, but in a way it makes some cosmic sense because you know when we refer to that video, Mospita, love, live, alive, you know what it is. And it's and it's such a unique video that, but what they did is that they like just tried to kind of do something with the new footage, which to me just kind of came the off sounding really really awkward. Was, yeah, the travesty was is they barely used any of the actual new footage from Love Live Alive. They used like two scenes from the Mos Beta one, and then they created some new scenes, and then it was just a clip show. And I highly doubt that's what Carl wanted to do with that footage. I think Carl wanted to do more of a version of what the real Love Live Alive was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if he if if that was his idea to begin with. Well, again, um, he's he's not he's no longer around I know, to be able to ask. I know. And so, yeah. when that when they when thing. they yeah when they when they kind of roll him out or try to mention his memory i find that to be a little unseemly um but uh i i think that you know it it, it's unfortunate it's unfortunate but in a way it might have you know we might have averted another disaster because to me when i when i think of when i think of shadow chronicles i feel like i'm was like a uh a deck officer on the Titanic and I'm watching the ice. I'm watching the iceberg. We're heading to the iceberg and we can't, and I know we're going to hit it and I know we're going to sink. And that's kind of uh, my feeling about that movie is uh, it, it, 
it missed the mark uh, a lot. And I uh, tried to watch it again, not too, maybe a couple of years back. And I was like, nope. I <laughs> got like 10 yeah, minutes no. in and I was like, nope. I, I I haven't I haven't I haven't watched it since I left Harmony Gold, which was 14 years ago. Yeah, you're I, not missing anything. I I, um, literally, I I literally cannot I literally cannot watch it because it's just it's a painful experience. Uh, but I do know that I I did try to write this ship when I turned in my own draft of what I wanted to write for Shadow Rising. Oh, this now. is perfect because I was going to ask you, yep. where would you have wanted Robotech to go? That was my exact next question mm. for you. Well, the first thing is that I wanted to get the ship back on course. Right. Uh, which is, where, I mean, they that's like, that's, it was like this Titanic, like you were saying, it was like this Titanic blunder. They put out the DVDs. The fans are all excited. Uh, we got new Robotech video games. Robotech Battlecry was really cool. Robotech Invasion was neat. We got new toys like Toinami came on board. We were getting these licenses. Then Shadow Chronicles came out and the ship just crashed hard. Boom. That was it. It that literally well, <clears throat> the franchise hit a wall and it's been sitting there since. Well, th there wasn't like the coordinated plan that, you know, it's like we should have been working with Toinami. It's like, okay, let's develop a toy based on a mecha that's in Shadow Chronicles, or you know, that we're doing in this new Robotech, let's have a toy, let's have a showcase mecha that we can sell yeah. a toy with and get everyone excited about. Nope, nope, we didn't have it. Tommy designed a gamma fighter that was, I thought, well, okay, at least that's something new, it's kind of cool. Let's do that. Nope, Tommy didn't want to use the gamma fighter, and I found that happened a lot. I, there would be times where I would express an idea like. Hey, Tommy, that's a cool, cool idea. And all of a sudden, he wouldn't want to do that idea. That's kind of, just kind of the way things would go, you know? And it's like, ah, yeah. It, uh, he, uh, he didn't, he, he, he wasn't that receptive to a lot of ideas. And uh, so, yeah, I know that he didn't, I, he, I know he didn't like the fact that I was writing, uh, that I was at the, at the time that I left. I was writing Shadow Rising, or and and I, I know he didn't like that. So had you, going. <laughs> had you been involved with uh, what would you have done differently? Let's say, let's say none of that happened. Let's say the DVDs had come out. You're the creative director flow or guide to to steer the Robotech ship. What would you have done? at that time while the iron was hot, so to speak, and the fandom was wanting new Robotech. Uh, you know, the, this, this, the sky was wide open. Like, you know, you know, you could do so many things, you know, you could do the follow-up to 85, you know, something different. You know, I, I had written a script called Robotech Shadow Force back in 2000 and, and, and 2001 actually. And, they didn't want to go with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, that would have taken on episode 85. But looking back, it's like, you know, there are so many other stories you could tell. You know, um, you, know you do the Sentinel. You could do, you know, a story set, you know, uh, during the, the malcontent uprisings. That's a great comic storyline. Uh, storyline set during, you know, the Master's time or in between the Macross Saga and Master's. There's any number of things. 
You know, it's like, you know, maybe you do an OVA series of limited edition, like a six episode series. Uh, I think, you know, Robotech had people in the mindset of doing like limited series, which is, you know, which is where you're getting the prestige television now is not doing, oh, okay, we're going to do like a 65 episode series. Well, what if you just did 10 episodes and you did it self-contained in the storyline? You know, I've uh, experimented a little bit with this, you know, just kind of having fun with some other fans and doing a, a, there's a page on Facebook called Robotech Visions, which we just kind of play around with some ideas. Like we did a a storyline called The Fall of the Southern Cross, which happens, what happens between uh, catastrophe, uh, last episode of Robotech Masters, which is catastrophe, and then what be and uh, before the Invid invasion, and it ended up kind of being a fun little experiment on what kind of story you know you could do. So, yeah, I mean, there, the sky really was the limit on doing. That. Um, I think that there was there was there's always potential for Robotech, even now, you know. Despite what's what's happened in the past uh, you know, fourteen years since I left, you know, which is not much. You know? <laughs> so we'll see what happens. You know, some developments have happened, and but that remains to be seen if that's uh, gonna matter much. So, I hope yeah, that answered your um, question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, that's just crazy. Where do you think? So, yeah, I liked. I I think I I was really shocked that they never they, they didn't already have. I, I would have assumed at the time Shadow Chronicles came out that Shadow Rising, or whatever the sequel was, was already in production. I was shocked to find out that no, it wasn't. Like there was nothing going on. I'm like, how do you? That's not how these things work, right? I mean, in normal mm-hmm. production places, and obviously you were gone by this point, so you don't know. Uh, but I just feel like the current team that is steering mm-hmm. the ship of robotech has no idea what it's doing um well it's pretty lackluster mm-hmm. at best their their convention their convention presentations has been the same stuff for about 10 years mm-hmm. it's the it's, same yeah exactly stuff every time it's like oh we got these and then we've relicensed this same material for these comics and this so like the only sort of new thing has been a couple comic books but I'm going to be honest with you. The com- I love, I grew up with comic books. I love comic books. Mm-hmm. The comic book market in the United States is dead. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. right now it's, 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 it's in the grave. People are just in denial. The market here mm-hmm. hasn't worked for comic books for over 20 years. It's holding on by throws. Like it's, it's, it's not going to last too much longer in its current state. They, I brought this up with a friend 20 years ago of the U S comic market had wanted to really thrive they would have adopted the japanese model mm-hmm. which is the bigger weekly magazine format with many different stories in a book and then the best stories are collected into graphic novels and then some of them are animated I, mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't get what the u.s comic book market is doing but anyway so for mm-hmm. them to tout they have this comic license it's like no that's not really doing anything and then they're like oh we're making new new merchandise and it's just the same merchandise in different ways like plushies and posters and here's another calendar where we're re-releasing the original soundtrack for the fifth time this yeah. is a limited edition and it's got a picture of george sullivan on it who nobody remembers unless you're a diehard fan um just random stuff like that 
Yeah, I never, I never thought that 14 years later that <laughs> this would still be the case. Like the same, same thing. And again, they say the same thing at every panel that I've seen. And, you know, it's like, that's not being critical. That's just the fact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at them. I'm just saying like, Mm -hmm. like I can't believe that we're still here guys. You haven't done anything. Like Mm -hmm. I hope they're not paid very much (laughs) for what they're doing because they're not (laughs) doing anything. Well, they're being probably being paid more than you are, more than you and I are, or, or, or at least Tommy. Yeah. Um, do you think that right now Robotech has a future? In the hands of the people who are currently running it? No. Yeah. Well, all I can say is that on Friday, let me see. On Friday afternoon, I turned in my draft for Robotech Shadow Rising. On Monday, I was fired. And I told Christy, who delivered the news of my, that I was uh, being let go. And the last thing I said to her was that, Robotech will not be a success as long as you let Tommy Yoon make all the decisions. And 14 years later, I still stand by that. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. It's not doing anything. I, I mean, I, this is, I it's not, I mean, I and I have been, as a success. yeah, I mean, it's like, and I've, I've been reluctant to, to really talk about it because, you know, come off, oh, I'm just a, a disgruntled ex-employee. It's like, Guys, I'm def- I'm a fan. It's been 14 years, and he's been in charge of Robotech for 20 years. I would you know, say that most people that I most people that I talk to that are longtime fans that have watched what has happened, only the most like zaniest loyal fans actually still think they're doing a good job at Harmony Gold, and that's there's a small subset. I'm sure you know who those guys are. <laughs> they have their own podcast and everything, but the realists, the rest of us are looking at this going, you guys are like just pissing this thing away. Like you've taken something that was a cherished article show passion for a lot of us. And we thought we were getting it back. And it's almost like they just took the ball away and they're like, psych. And they don't know what to do with it. And they're just pissing it away. And it's just floundering. Um, in the midst of all this, recently there's been, and I think this may be this may be part of why it's floundering. I think they've been sitting sitting on their little hands, waiting for this event to happen. As of uh, April eighth, twenty twenty one, there was a press release that Harmony mm-hmm. Gold and Big West now have and Tatsunoko have all agreed to a certain amount of terms. They don't go into any kind of details mm-hmm. on this, but. Harmony Gold is now allowed to market, brand, and sell Robotech in all regions of the world. Big West is now allowed to market, brand, and sell Macross items across the world under its name. And neither can blow each other up or sue each other. They've come to some sort of agreement. So Robotech, so Harmony Gold can market Robotech items and Big West can market Macross in the United States. What are your thoughts on this, Tom? And what do you, what do you see happening with this? Well, I think I think a lot of that remains to, to be seen. Um, I think that uh, 
it seems to indicate that, you know, there is some, you know, openness to, I mean, Big West seems to be talking about, or at least thinking about releasing uh, Macross, you know, uh, or that this uh, prohibition has been resolved, or this issue has been resolved, that might lead to a uh, new Macross being seen. And that would be, it sounds like Big West is like ready. Yeah, it sounds like they're ready to dump the whole Macross catalog here in the States. That's going to be crazy because, I mean, that's <laughs> fans have been asking for that forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. Yeah I, mean, yeah, I mean, that would be that would be cool. And uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see how that would how that would go. Um, I think that they're, you know, Macross is like one of the great, you know, anime properties that has not seen a proper release, you know, in decades and in the United States. So how that will actually manifest itself, I think remains to be seen. But the fact that, that uh, Macross fans have something to look forward to is uh, that I think that's a positive right there because, you know, uh, I think there's an oh, audience yeah, for it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's been far too long that that has been like that big legal mess. I think, I think out of anything and as a Robotech fan, I love both. I love both. I love, I love Macross too. Not all of it, but I I like Mm -hmm. Macross a lot. I love Robotech. I love that storyline. I really feel like, I feel like the Sentinels not being finished in 85, 86 Mm -hmm. was kind of the first sign that, that this thing was, I don't want to say cursed, but it was just like, it was, somehow too good to be true and it's never been able to come back against that but uh, this is going to be great for macross fans who's going to be able to get everything i don't know what benefit this deal has for robotech fans other than there was and i don't know if you were at harmony gold at the time but didn't they license robotech to sony pictures or columbia there's like a movie deal in this mess somewhere and i feel like that's part of why this whole legal battle was settled because i think uh, if it is Sony Pictures, they're going to want to market this movie all over the world, and they don't want to have any kind of legal party chasing them with, well, you can't sell this Veritech thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, that all happened after I, I left. I believe so you were already it was... gone when the movie deal went through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know that at the time, uh, there was always like a conversation that, oh, this uh, this could happen, or that you know, they might be talking about a movie deal, but it was always like very, very speculative. Like, uh, you know, a movie deal is like a, a possibility, but it wasn't like any kind of a, like, a, oh, that here we're on the verge of signing something. And, uh, but we always knew that there were some conversations going on with movie studios, but it wasn't until after I left that uh, there was actually, hey, this has actually happened. And uh, yeah, it was uh, September of 2007 that they made the deal with Warner Brothers and that went on for a couple of years and didn't really uh, go anywhere Uh, and then in 2015 is when the movie rights then went over to Sony Okay. so now we're with Sony and it's been with Sony for the last six almost seven years so maybe they're getting to the end of, of their agreement and uh, this, in a way, is kind of Harmony Gold at least clearing the decks and uh, 
at least removing the potential obstacle of any uh, legal issue with Big West over Macross. Now, will that mean that the movie is any closer to getting made? I don't know. I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of that. And that's just, and and that's not, that's not a, a reflection on anything about Harmony Gold people there or the people who are running Robotech. It's, it's the simple fact of Hollywood production period. It's hard to get a movie made, especially a, a movie like to make Robotech a real success. You know, you're talking a minimum of a hundred million dollars, probably two hundred million dollars. Like, what studio is going to fork out money for that? Uh, I mean, I'm talking not just for Robotech, but for for anything uh, to put out that kind of money. That's a hard. That's a hard thing to come by, and I think that Robotech has some disadvantages there. Uh, in, that have you know that are just that just make it a hard sell as a as a as a movie, and you know who knows. I mean, I'll believe it when uh, when the cameras roll, and you know if it comes out, I'll buy a ticket. You know, but uh, you know, it just seems like sometimes they they're kind of hyping it as almost like it's a sure thing, or that it's going to happen. When again, we've had a movie deal for almost fourteen years now. And, you know, either with Warner Brothers and now with Sony. And we're, we, you know, you know, we still don't have a movie. So, yeah. Um, so I think right now, at least there's no obstacle to it. But, you know, there are no obstacles to a lot of movies that, uh, you know, people are trying to get made or have been trying to get made. Uh, right. Yeah. It's just the, the it, movie it, industry is very fickle. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's not something that's particular to Robotech. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been, you know, there are a lot of uh, projects that have they've been trying to get off the Hollywood's tried to get off the ground, and they haven't been able to to do that. And especially anime. I mean, look, they talk they're talking about Akira. Akira for forever. God knows, <laughs> 20, twenty years knows how many at least. Years. Yeah, it's at, at least, least twenty, 20 years. years. Yeah, it could I mean, be I've heard that. I've heard that bounced around. I mean, they were talking about Battle Angel. Alita for for years and that for a finally long got time. Made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they finally made that. But you know, I mean, what now they're talking uh, Netflix has said, "Oh, we're going to make a Gundam movie." Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Nope. <laughs> we we shall see, you know. Um so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh stay tuned. Uh it could be one day that they're going to say, "Ah, oh, yeah, there's here's a, a Robotech movie being made and I'd be like, great. But I would also just be as similarly, I would be not surprised if it never gets made. But yeah, same. That's that's it. So that might be the only thing I think that could maybe bring this franchise back to the forefront. Cause I think without that, there's really nothing that I think they can do to mm-hmm. like I said, most of the fans I know just look at the current Robotech.com whole thing and just shake their heads it's a it's a mess there's nothing good they keep retreading the same stuff i think something new has to happen a movie might be enough to bring in new people to get interest again and that might be the only thing 
Well, a movie, a movie, a movie could come out, and even if it were moderately successful, could be quickly forgotten. You know, it. I mean, it's no guarantee. There's no guarantee right. in this life. It's like, you know, you can have a movie franchise. It's hyped up, and then it comes out, and no one likes it, and then you're you're back to square one again. Yep. You know? Look at Terminator. You know, right? They keep trying every <laughs> few years to roll out some movie, and it's like, there, okay, we're going to do something. It's, we're going to reinvent the franchise. Here, here's Terminator yeah. Genesis, and then oh, nobody liked that. Okay, well, we're going to bring James Cameron back in some capacity, and Here's we brought you know we're bringing back Linda, Linda Hamilton so and Arnold Schwarzenegger and now we're gonna call it Terminator Dark Fate and nobody likes it and now they're back at square one so I don't know it's 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 hard out there for everybody sure uh, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like again not this is not just a Robotech issue it's uh, you know Robotech has its issues but you know a movie is hard is a hard business. And it's a very unforgiving business too. Yeah. God bless the people who are in that business, uh, but it's uh, it, it it's tough. So, you know, I I mean, I'll always have hope for Robotech, but you know, we'll see what happens. All right, Tom. So that brings us to uh, just recently making waves on the Robotech fandom is a Funimation announced a Blu-ray remastered set of Robotech, a collector's edition. Uh, It's dropping in the United States on September 28th. They're saying HD remaster at 1080p, Dolby HD for the first time. Um, The collector's edition, you'll get the whole series and some uh, knickknacks and a neat looking box. It's going to be like 250 US. That's the whole series with some extras. and then the separate sets start in September with Macross and then the following, I think, October, November for Southern Cross, a new generation in November, December. Um, those sets look like they're priced at about 30 to 40 each. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Blu-ray announcement? What do you think is going on and what do you, how do you think it's going to be? Well, I mean, I, when I first saw it, you know, your first thinking is like, oh, well, finally. Um, you know, Robotech on Blu-ray, you know, it's, you know, people have been wanting that for years, you know, well over 10 years. Uh, but, you know, as being a bit of a, you know, a Blu-ray collector, you know, my thing is, okay, well, what do you mean by remaster? You know, are you going to use, you know, um, the uh, Big West's uh, master of, blu-ray for uh that they you know that they created uh in japan for the release of macross and i mean or tatsunoko uh did a release of uh genesis climber mospita are we using that as the master for the um for a robotech uh release um, you know that's right there the, the, those are the first two questions that pop into my head then it's like well if you're not then are you going to go to the film negative, uh, which Harmony Do Gold had rescan, right? Yeah, you'd you'd have to scan the negative, and uh, Harmony Gold has that, and because that's what was used when they did the for, uh, for Robotech remaster. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. when when uh, when Animago first did the Macross project, 
and then ADV did the Robotech Remaster project. So, so they have that. I, I mean, I'm assuming they would still have those assets. Um, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, uh, you know, I'm not there. I don't know. But those are like, you know, j again, just someone who's interested in collecting Blu-rays. Those are my first questions. What's the, my video quality? If it's just an up res of the Robotech Remastered, then I, I personally am saying I'm not going to spend 250 bucks on on that. No, on an they, show, um, they show a screen grab and uh, they said it's remastered in high <laughs> definition, which sounds I, like it's a full 2K scan. Which is I, what if I, I saw what that advertising. I saw the picture comparison, and my first reaction was, uh, "Well, that's the best example." Yeah, right. There's a, a terrible, a, terrible picture like, for the for the remaster. I, mean, I, I would have thought, you know, much more like an action shot with a lot of color in it. And, right. Uh, my, but uh, but the thing is, this I I think Blu-ray Blu-ray people who are going to shell out money for a Blu-ray, especially if you're putting it at $250 they're going to want their money's worth and if you're just selling if it, and I was and I'm saying this as a customer who buys Blu-rays like if you're just selling an up-res you're not going to get that great of a a, res a response for, Yeah, I'm definitely going to wait and see if they have any previews. The thing I want to know and this is what I hope I don't I'm trying not to get my hopes up as an old school fan, I would love this to be the 1985 broadcast edit and sound in HD. That's what I want. I'm scared what this is going to be is the 2000, uh, whatever year the remaster came out, 2003, 2004, the Robotech remix uh, mm -hmm. remaster where mm -hmm. they uh added the extra scenes and did the new opening credits and added the episode numbers on all the episodes and roman numerals and then added the goofy 5-1 sound with the laser effects on the valkyries and if that's the case i will stick to my old standard definition 2000 dvd set and i will be happy with that because i don't want i don't i don't to think yeah <clears throat> you know I think I don't think you'll be I don't think I you'll be Yeah, I don't think you will be alone in that. And again, I'm saying this, you know, with all due respect to the to I mean, Funimation who is a company I greatly respect who has, you know, they're not new to mm -hmm. this. They have released home video for years and if if they're going to they're going to go a a, a very cheap route to that i would be very disappointed uh I'd so be the very one yeah the part that the part that has me hopeful is on their their news blurb at their site on their funimation blog it says uh we've remastered the entire series in high definition all while retaining the series original aspect ratio which means it's 4:3 they're not going to do a, a widescreen crop mm -hmm. original this release will contain the original film grain and is true to the original dvd box set release well that the would original, be the original hmm. dvd release would be the 2000 set i i, I mean, would hope to say that Right. That's, I would that's hope, the part I would, that has me hopeful. <laughs> well, I, I, I would hope at a minimum it would be that. I mean, at the very minimum, 
that's the the do no harm uh, option. You just give me and, what I had and, in 1985 with yes. cleaned up animation. I will I will I will tolerate having a mono mix. But it, it says it has yeah. a five one Dolby True HD. Now technology has come so far, they could probably get the original sound and do an HD mix with software now, unlike what there was access to 20 years ago when the remix came out. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's going to sound. I would knows, hope it could sound great, but I, I would, I would hope they do that because I mean, they do have the audio. They'll have the audio four track, the original audio four track uh, on DAT. So yeah. they do have that. And uh, I would hope that they would do that. I mean, again, at the very minimum, uh, give me, give us Robotech, what we saw in 1985, you know, we don't need anything else. We don't want anything else. And I think that's what we, you would, I think the audience customers would respond to that. Um, cause I don't think they want what was in Robotech remastered, be, but that's just me. And that's, that's my I think opinion most on that. Of the old school fans would agree with you. I think that's mm -hmm. what we want. We want the one that we grew up watching, um, I like you and I talked about earlier on this episode. We neither of us cared for that remix version, mm -hmm. but we'll see what happens. I'm 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 always hopeful for Robotech. It's something that really influenced my life in ways that it's hard to imagine. It 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 made me very creative as a kid, and it showed me some amazing storytelling, and and it introduced me to a whole different team of artists to look up to and it made me like you know fall in love with anime i mean i had seen anime before there was battle of the planets there was translators either a couple other things but robotech that made me an anime fan like to the core i was like oh my god what is this the coolest thing and i had to know mm -hmm. more about everything and and anything and and uh i, I feel like you're of a similar thing where it really introduced you to this art form um so let's let's hope, Tom. Um, mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, Tom. Well, this has been freaking awesome. It's so good catching up with you, and uh, we'll have, definitely have to get you on. I've got an idea for another episode for you as an <laughs> anime fan, and I'd oh, love cool. to get get you on for that. Um, but thank you guys for listening to the Retro Futurist Culture Podcast, part of Ruminations Radio Network. We were here today with Tom Bateman. Tom, you got any parting words for the Robotech fans out there? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, you can reach me on Facebook and I have a, a Twitter account, which is Robotom uh, RT85. Yeah, at Robotom RT85. Awesome. I'll put, uh, I'll drop that on the show notes when it goes live on Twitter myself. I'll tag you in it. They can find you there. All right, everybody. Peace out. You know what they all say. Fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you. You love fantasy football, and you love chocolates. 
Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week, we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates.